Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. And um, we just hit a big, huge wall of reality today, didn't we? We did. Um, this this team just isn't good. They're not, I mean, we we thought they had a chance to be really good, and they started off the season really good on offense. The defense had some struggles, and the defense got it figured out, but the offense was a mess because Russell Wilson was hurt. Now Russell Wilson's back, and the offense hasn't been fixed, even with its quarterback. It's still a complete mess, and because of injuries, the defense is starting to fall back off to where they were. Basically, what that means is they're not good on either side of the ball. They're three yeah. and eight. They're not going anywhere. Well, you got to hand it over. to the defense. They're <laughs> it is. Um, you know they're doing the best they can, but they're literally on the field for more than half of the. Um. You know, the offense is on the field for less than half of the snaps of the opposing teams. Yeah. So there's two parts to that. One is the defense can't get off the field. They're giving up third down after third down after third down, which leads to eight-minute drives and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then the other part is that the offense is such a mess all of a sudden that even against a mediocre defense with uh, their two best pass rushers not – L, you know, not even there playing because they're out with injuries. Uh, they couldn't protect Russell Wilson at all. They couldn't run block to save their lives. And so the offense did nothing. And it went, what was it? I think at one point there was like six straight three and outs by the, by the yeah. offense. I mean, yeah, that, that can't five happen. or six. Yeah. So Wilson's yeah, playing Seattle, poorly. The line's <laughs> playing worse. The running backs didn't get anything done, but of course there were no running lanes to go through and DK and no had backs. one catch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, nothing's working. It's just, it's the whole thing's, the whole thing's bad. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it is crazy. I mean, speaking of, of DK Medcap, just the last three weeks, he's got eight catches for 70 yards. The, um, you know, one catch yesterday, a few catches the, the week before and so forth, the primary receiver, um, guy that's a matchup problem for almost every corner in the entire league. And, four targets, um, one catch, 13 yards. Yeah. So we all saw it, you know, at least most people um, that are hanging around, you know, at this point in the season. We're three and eight now. You're right. Mathematically, technically, we're not completely out of it, but we're out of it. They're out of um, it. They're, they're they, not they, they just can't. This. They're not a good enough team to win out. Mm-hmm. And they're... Um, it's it's it is what it is okay even when when russell wilson um put together kind of that crazy miraculous drive at the end got him you know the score they missed the extra point um and or sorry the two-point conversion so they were down two they managed to recover an onside kick yes to get him in position to win it the win the game despite playing terribly the whole game and the captain of the special teams couldn't even was line the, up. That was could the hard not, part to swallow. Could not even line up correctly. Cause and it wasn't just like 
He was you know, cheating. Some, you know, well, he was over like a foot and a half or two feet over of, of the point where he should have been. He's the captain he, of the special team. And, and the, the interesting thing about right. that is he had the hash marks that he knew he had to be on the other side of. Like he was yeah. literally standing on them. <laughs> He's standing on them. So right. what are you what are you doing? Your brain and, is literally not functioning is what's well, happening. If you're or he's the, hoping nobody's gonna realize if you're it. gonna be the if you're gonna be the captain of the special teams unit, you can't do that. And that's the only reason he is on the roster is because he is a special teams guy. Like otherwise so he would I, have no I, place okay. on this roster. All right. So I get that. And I feel like that's nitpicking when we don't even have to. Like there's so many other things that are just no, I mean we more yeah, important just, than just that. That's but, just but Nick, you know, Nick, but that typifies the whole Nick, situation. Nick Bellore has no business on this roster if he's not going to be the special team star. I think we can name and a number not. of players now that have no business to be on this roster. Yeah, we can. <laughs> We've reached that point. Um Let's start with Rashad Penny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we know that. I'm not gonna harp on a player. We've <laughs> we've known that. He's uh, he's not going to be on the team next year. No. Um, we've reached the point, um, and we can talk about this Washington game a little bit or whatever, work it into the conversation, but we've kind of reached a point where we're in player evaluation mode now. Yeah, we Like are. everything that we are seeing now up through training camp next year is all about who's going to be on the roster, who can show out a little bit, right now in the games remaining what are they going to do in the off season how are what are they going to build around how are they going to build the roster uh what kind of draft capital do they have what kind of free agency money are they going to spend who is going to be leading the team um you know is it going to be john schneider is it going to be pete carroll is russell wilson going to be back are all three of those elements going to be somewhere else um, we just don't know at this point, but you know, for us, um, it's it's that time of the year. I think where yeah. normally we wait until the, the the season's over and we start these sorts of conversations. We're starting them now. Well, we have no reason not to. I mean, this the games from here on out. I mean, they matter to the players because they earn you know their paychecks and their jobs and stuff are on the line. Um, it'll matter for some of the coaches who are tr- who are playing for their or you know coaching for their job at this point um but for us like these games don't matter they're not the game, going to the it's over the season's over you know it's so bad over. keith that um which is just almost impossible to actually have my brain comprehend our original first round pick that we traded away for um jamal adams is actually the better of the two picks that the Jets have in the 2022 NFL draft. Like we are the fourth pick in the NFL draft and the Jets have their uh, native fifth pick overall right now, if the season were to end. Yeah. So that's, that's how bad it is. They would have the fourth and the fourth and the fifth pick in the draft. And they've already got their quarterback. Well, some are saying maybe, Uh, and some are saying, maybe they'd be interested in trading for Russell Wilson and shipping their, they already have their quarterback guy to Seattle plus picks. Okay. I'm just saying, we're going to hear a if, lot of this. If you, if you want to send me, you want to send me Zach Wilson and both of those picks and some other stuff. Uh, I'm I'll listen. 
Yeah, because, because New York wants to win now. They've got a new coach that's, you know, new yeah. as of last year. They've, they've got some pieces. They're definitely a quarterback plus away. We know that. But it's a New York market, and mm-hmm. it's it makes a lot of sense. Now, let's let's let let's set this up, okay? Because we could start talking about Russell Wilson rumors from now until yeah. March. And but I don't want to. We need to kind of identify if it's going to be a Russell Wilson team or if it's going to be a Pete Carroll team, or if they're going to give this thing one more shot. And now here's going into that last game against Washington. I thought based on the idea that maybe they turn things around a little bit here and start to go on a little run and improve the offense and everything kind of gets more balanced and we end the season kind of on a positive note, you could do a small kind of reset in the offseason similar to what we did on the defensive side in 2017. You go in and you rebuild the offensive line you add a running back and and maybe another weapon, and the offense looks pretty decent. Like it could actually, with Russell Wilson at the helm, you could kind of correct that thing. And then you tweak the, the back end on the defense, maybe a defensive tackle, bingo, everything kind of good. It seems like we'd be in that competitive mix again. Now with this loss and the trend of it doesn't look like it's going to get any better, and Russell Wilson, I don't know what's going on there. We can talk about that. Um, it seems like it's more significant, like significant changes need to happen now. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost the writings on the wall. Pete Carroll's going to be gone or Russell Wilson's going to be gone. It's like, it's one or the other. I see. I don't, I don't, are you of that? that? You're not of that opinion. I, I do not think that it's one or the other. Now they may choose to move on from Wilson because he's on, um, you know, he's older than 30 and the team's just bad. And if you can get uh, Zach Wilson, both, you know, the, the, the fourth and fifth pick of the draft and some and other, the, and the giants pieces. are in the same boat. See the giants have the same sort of picks. Philadelphia mm-hmm. has the same sort of picks. They've got two picks right now in the top 10. Yeah. And um, both those New Orleans teams, needs a yeah. quarterback and you could kind of have a three way, three team kind of scenario with New Orleans in there. Um, there's some scenarios now and, and you take a look at the, the draft being, uh, just quarterback poor and free agency being quarterback poor after you get past, um, Rogers, um, the demand for Russell Wilson is probably going to even be higher this season considering his contracts less and so forth than it was last season. Yeah. Last year there were five first round quarterbacks, five genuinely worthy first round quarterbacks this year there might be two taken in the first round but there aren't any that anyone should be jumping up and down at the excitement Mm -hmm. of getting there's no right there's no um, including seahawks so if we jettison russell wilson we're in a year of pain without a real quarterback at the helm now there's a number of middling kind of quarterbacks that could come in you could even go out and try to get Aaron Rodgers if you wanted to I don't know why that they would do that it would cost almost the same as it would for for Russell Wilson so I mean, the only way the only way you would do that is if you um you rebuild you, everything but quarterback and you go for 2023 or or if you trade Wilson and you get like let's say they trade him to the Jets and they get both of those picks and a future one and you know some other things and whatever and yes. then you go okay with a fourth the fourth overall pick, they they get 
Kayvon Thibodeau to be like a super stud on on uh, on the defensive line, and then they turn around with the fifth overall pick and they pick a um, an often a left tackle, mm-hmm. uh, a franchise left tackle. So now you're you've just yes. you've just made both the line of scrimmage is significantly right. better. Now what would John Schneider do? <laughs> now we've heard what you're going to do. What would John Schneider do with those two picks? I don't know when the last time that John Schneider had two upper early, and first round picks that he yeah, did quite well. Actually. He 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 went with Russell Okung, who mm-hmm. has been a you know um a pretty dang good left tackle in the NFL for a long time still. Um and then and you Earl know, Thomas. Earl Thomas, who was who was an all pro and While probably he was with a Seattle, first, he was great. Yeah, yeah, with Seattle as a first ballot Hall of Famer, and then it sounds like stuff fell apart for him off the field, and yeah. that became a mess. But right, um, yeah, we haven't seen seen John Snyder draft early for a decade. Yeah, and I think you know we're in so a position. I would this think year. that they would use one of those picks, and he would probably trade out of, of another one just to see even if he traded what he down. Accumulate. If, let's say he traded down from four, you could trade down to eight. You get up, yeah get a bucket of yes picks and stuff yeah, absolutely and, you and could really make it in the top 10 you could you could really set this up if you were if you did it correctly and you had some luck and all sorts of things by by letting russell wilson go but then you don't have russell wilson now mm-hmm. there's a lot of people you know and i'm not, not going to listen to the idea that russell wilson's baked it's over he's on the downside blah blah blah, blah. i don't know what's going on right now it seems like something maybe even outside of football is impacting this no. situation that we just don't even know about. I won't even not speculate just the about finger. that. that it's not just that. the finger, though, Keith. No, it's not the finger. What it is is the fact that you watch his eyes. Watch his eyes. When they do the replays and they show it from the front where you can see it, his eyes aren't downfield. His eyes are on the pass rushers because he doesn't trust the people in front of him. Not even. Okay. Yeah, his I'm going to give you a little bit of that. I'm going to give you a little bit of that. His eyes aren't downfield because the, there there were multiple times. Yeah, there the are also yesterday. multiple times where where he's got a clear path. He doesn't have the rush at that particular play, and he's missing people. They're, both are true. He there are are there were multiple times in this game where he couldn't even reach the top of his drop. It's a five step drop. He's got to get there and get the ball out of his hands, and he can't yeah, even. You and I both know that the offensive before, line is not good. Before he's getting clobbered, so you know what happens when you're when that happens is he's you start not, to see ghosts. Well, it's not even ghosts. He's seeing the he's seeing yeah, the people who are attacking I that, him. But what I'm it's saying is, ghosts. what I'm saying is, there are plays, Keith, where he has time and he's yes. missing receivers. And you know why he has time, but he's missing receivers is because he's not looking downfield and reading all of the coverage he's got his first read and he's watching the pass rush because he's like where am i going to get killed from this play so even though he's so you got think time, our pass rush based on all the other years that he's had in the nfl with the seattle the, seahawks yeah is the worst offensive line we've ever had to the point where it's the worst offense before we used to say that russell wilson had a floor of nine wins okay and, so, and now it's not even that are you saying that the offensive line is so bad that the floor is now five wins okay part of it is that russell wilson it happened it started last year down the stretch and it's happened 
you know, in this year. And, and a lot of it really actually started the year before. He's so uncomfortable in the pocket and just um, dropping back to pass. He doesn't trust anything. And that's why it's nothing's working. And, and I know, like I was saying, oh, he's just not reading the defense. Yeah. Well, he's not reading the defense. He's not looking downfield because he can't. Because he doesn't trust the people. I have a tendency to to believe what you're saying. In fact, I tweeted about it last week where I said, I believe that the the real root cause of the problem of of the offense being really bad this year is the offensive line. I still believe that that's true. It's just now I'm not sure because I saw him at, at Washington in a pass rush situation that wasn't completely overwhelming but see, by any standard and he was still missing quite a you're, bit you're asking him to drop back on that one instance when the offensive line does its job and to trust the offensive line to do its job so that he can go through his reads properly when it's one time in out of 10 or one time out of 15 that he drops back and actually has protection. And so when he drops back, he's not looking downfield. He's not, he's watching the pass. He's looking at the pass rush. He's cheating, looking at uh, guys coming at him, trying to figure out where the pressure is coming so, from. Okay. And that's, okay, that, fine. that's the okay, root of the fine, problem. Keith. Okay, fine. So let's say that that is the problem. Um, then it's on Seattle's coaching staff to create a game plan each week that mitigates that situation. And we're not seeing that either. Uh, You saw a game plan against Washington that tried to mitigate. We ran the ball 10 times, Keith. You're right. And for how many yards? And we, but we only ran 43 plays. So you, they ran the ball. We had 18 minutes of possession. They ran the ball 10 times for 18 yards. They averaged 1.8 yards per carry. They couldn't run the ball. Every time they ran the ball, they got stuffed at the line of scrimmage or just barely passed or behind the line of scrimmage running the ball, which should be what you do to help your quarterback in this situation was a completely worthless scenario because they couldn't block anyone. So they can't block. They can't run. They can't throw. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're the offensive line is playing so bad. They can't run block. And honestly, they're not pass blocking. So, okay. So what should we be? Okay. So we, okay. Now we've gotten all that out. We've kind of, we've been able to kind of get that out of our system now. So well, I want to say one other look thing about, for? about the game okay. plan, because okay. who, uh, who was the, the biggest benefactor of the game plan as it was constructed? Carl Everett. It was Carl Everett. Car- Not Carl Everett, Everett, Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. Why do I keep doing that? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it was Gerald Everett. So because everything was, you know, a three or a five step drop, get the ball out of hand, Russell's hands quickly, and that's why DK Metcalf wasn't involved, and it took forever to get him the ball, and all of that was because everything was out of Wilson's hands as fast as humanly possible, and the only person who's getting open in that, um, you know, three step drop is the tight end because the running back hasn't made it out of the backfield yet, and the 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 receivers are getting jammed at the line and haven't had a chance to release before the ball is going. Um, Everett got all the targets and that is, that's game planning. I mean, he had nine targets 
Um, yeah, and well, and they just they that's more than all they the converted four of twelve third downs. They were two of ten against Arizona. They've had uh, two hundred seventy-one yards against Washington. Yeah. 266 against Arizona, 208 against the Packers. Uh, the NFL average is over 325. Yeah, they they've they they are second um, in the NFL, they can't, second worst in the NFL at 295 yards a game. They can't run the ball, which is they which which is something they need to do in order to uh, slow some of the pass rush down and get to where they can even if they move the pocket and that sort of thing, they got to give your receivers a chance to okay. get open and they're not doing that. So they can't run the ball and they can't, they can't pass block. Let's and do this. We realize they've broken Russell Wilson at this point. Let's do this. This is essentially over. Season's over. It what is we, over. What, what can we get out of the remaining six games that will help the franchise move forward? They have got to figure out one of the two tackle spots. You've got Jake Curran who looked great in the preseason. Hasn't looked good during very limited playing time, but he's only got like 10 or 15 snaps total. Um, and you have uh, Stone Forsyth on the other side. Um, you've got to get one of those guys in the game. Now, right now, I would say you get Curran in the game at right tackle because he's your future at right tackle. Let him play. Let him... because. Uh, uh, they're not shells not doing anything for him on that side. So go ahead and put Curran in there. Let let give Curran a chance to play so you can evaluate him and figure out if he can be there long term. Um and if he is possible to be there long term, give him some playing time, a chance to develop because that's the type of thing where you you can go into the offseason and go, okay, we're jettisoning Shell. We want a right tackle, but if we have to come in um with some sort of journeyman and a competition between him and Curran, we're comfortable with that. But if Kern's not going to be that guy, if the guy that we saw in the preseason and all that just isn't going to, he's never going to live up to that and 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 develop into a, a full-time player, you want to know that now. Yes. So you know what your I true agree. priorities are. So I think you have to figure out one of the two tackle spots, either Forsyth or Curran, depending or on which both. side you want to roll with, or both. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't jettison um, Brown yet just for Russell Wilson's sake. Um, because he's yeah, gonna, but you can give Forsyth two or three drives a game. You can, yeah. Um, find some reason to get him in there. Um, I would also say, you know, you got to look at what you've got at center because you know that the two guys that are there, neither of them is any good. So what's Shepley got? If he did, yeah. and if Shepley if or Pierre Lestage, yeah, yeah, why not? Pierre Olivier Lesage. There you go. Such you've a good work, name. You've been working on that. I all, actually have been <laughs> um, ever since the draft. That, that's, it's such a, such a fun name. But um, I would say, do you want do you want three rookies on on the, playing on the offensive line? You're going to have um, three new to, offensive linemen next year. Next Hopefully to a sophomore one of them is be and a, Jackson. A yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Do you do you want to go in uh, at, into a game with an offensive lineman of Forsyth? Um, Lewis, yeah. Um, Shepley, Jackson, and and Curran. No, because that will be that will be a cause for Russell Wilson to say, "Screw this, get me out of here." Yeah, I don't. You got to have Seattle at least a, a veteran yep. left tackle, I think. Or that's that's or why a I was saying center. Curran, that's why I was saying Curran earlier. Keep is, is you know leave Brown in there for as long as you can. Maybe get Forsyth a, a drive or two. Um, 
but shell is, hasn't played well. He has, he hasn't been good. So go ahead and get him out of there, put Kern in there and, and evaluate him. He, the drop off from shell to Kern is so small because shell's not playing well that I don't think anyone's going to notice. And you'll at least give a chance to evaluate and <laughs> um, evaluate a, a young player and see if he can be part of the future. Yeah. That's I'd the like thing to see do. Colby Parkinson too at tight end. Like, what what's going on there? Like, yeah. I don't under. I, I'm just He's, confounded by the lack of plays that we've had. A, I think that makes it extremely difficult to evaluate and mm-hmm. to be successful. A, we just haven't been successful. We haven't had the plays to be able to get some of these guys opportunities and so forth. Colby Parkinson's a good example. It's like this guy should have 30 or 40 receptions. Yeah. With his I mean, skill the, set. And they're not, he's not he, even able to but get he's not on getting the, field. the snaps. He's not getting the snaps because they're, they're, they're going with Disley, who's the better blocker and rightfully so, because they need yeah. that. And they're going with Everett, who is a guy that knows the offense yeah. and has been a, I don't a have, genuine I don't weapon. Have a problem with that. And they're not going to run three tight ends uh, too often because they've got the receivers. And so beyond he's kind that, of the odd, he's kind of the odd man out. Beyond what we just talked about, there's really nothing on the active roster that I would want to see. I want to see Johnson at running back. The guy's got good hands catching the ball out of the backfield, especially in a game like this one where uh, Travis Homer was hurt and out. And, you know, Get a guy like Johnson in there. Just see what you've yeah, got. Yeah, we just Why literally not? ran the ball 10 times. I mean, yeah. we need to figure out a way to get time of I, possession up to even, at least 30 minutes a game. I mean, do you even Do you even consider that running the ball when you get 18 yards on 10 rushes? And now, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here's what we need to do. We need to try to evaluate regardless of production at this point. We just mm kind of need to run our plays just to be able to run certain looks, certain scheme looks, and so forth. I don't know. It's hard because you still have a coaching staff that may not be have a vested interest in in being around next year. I don't know. I it's just hard because they're the ones doing the evaluating, yet they may not be the ones having the players in the future. I don't See, know. if if Pete Carroll was going to leave, because I do think that it's Pete Carroll's decision if he leaves. It's 
um, it's a situation where he's done enough that he's earned the benefit of the doubt and he can have one bad year. Um, and he'll still be around. So the idea that he's going to get fired, I think is not even like worth, uh, considering. Cause I think that that's just, it's never going to happen. Uh, not after one year, but if, um, so, but if Pete Carroll was going to leave, I look at it as the sec job just got filled. Lincoln Riley's moving over from Oklahoma to, to SC or USC. Um, and that was, that was, was one of the things that I thought I would have seen if, if he wanted out of Seattle and it's like, you know what, I'm done with this, but maybe I'm not done coaching to go down back down to college where he, you know, um, was extremely successful to rebuild a program that he had as being one of the elite programs anywhere. And then has kind of just fallen downhill since he left to go back and, and, and fix it for three or four years before he retires. That was the job that I, I, I thought he might, opt to leave for but it's no longer there uh and so i think that, that idea he either has to decide he wants to retire um decide that he wants to retire from the day-to-day -day grind of coaching and just handle um you know the the president of football operations half of his job or he's going to be back so here's the situation for me if he's going to be back i don't have a problem with it here's what i have a problem with if he's going to be back and continue the same sort of stuff, that's the problem. Yeah. If he's going to come back, he needs to go be the bully. He needs to be, he wants, he needs to have that aggressive mentality. He wants to dictate terms. He wants to be physical. He wants to control the clock. He wants to run the ball down people's throats. Let's build a team like that. If he wants to do that, then he, he wants needs to do all that stuff, but we've not aligned that vision with what's happening with the draft, what's happening in free yeah, agency. If it you want to do that, aligned. if you want to do that, stop going bargain basement on your uh, offense and defensive line, go win in the trenches, go. Uh, Absolutely. Go spend the money, win in the trenches and stop paying, you know, overpriced safeties and drafting Dwayne Eskridge. I'm sorry. I like, the idea of a Dwayne Eskridge, but that's a luxury pick when you needed a center of the future that could take you down the road 10 years. Yeah. And they had one, it was sitting right there. They could have drafted, right. they could have had a center in there who. So name me a player on the current roster that is the intimidator, that is the intimidating factor, that is the identity of this team. There is no identity. Darryl on Taylor. offense or defense. I don't only it's not even Daryl Taylor. The dude. only it the is only, not the only player on that on the roster that that fits that to me. Or Jordan Taylor. Brooks has got some, uh, Jordan Brooks actually a little bit. He is he has really stepped up his game, but but, but the, and his playing but the defense at a really is, high level. They're giving up so many yards. It's hard to it's hard to know. You know, there's yeah. really no intimidating factor. Jordan Brooks the, is nobody, playing it. No other team is saying, oh, my God, we're facing the Seahawks. Um, no, on I'm either scared. side of the ball. No. No. Jordan Brooks is playing at a really high level. Uh, Bobby Wagner is has all the respect of every player and coach in the entire league, um, continues to lead the NFL in tackles uh, and all of that. I think he can continue to be a, a fantastic, great player for another couple well, of let's years. Well, let's talk um, about that. But, but his cap number next year is 20. And he they doesn't could have save seventeen million dollars if yeah. they let Bobby Wagner go. He does not have the speed he used to, and it shows up. That contract 
going to be either reworked or Bobby Wagner's not playing for the Seattle Seahawks yeah. next year. Um, he, that's and that's what's going to happen. As I, I believe they're they're going to they'll find a a two year extension um, that lowers his cap number from twenty million to thirteen, frees up some money. Yes. Um, and they'll take that seven million dollars and go you know buy a right tackle or something. Um, and they should. Yeah, and, that, and that's the, or a defensive tackle. And let's the thing keep, is, that, let's keep that money on defense. Let's go get a defensive tackle because we need sure. both. Uh, because if you if if you Jordan Brooks has improved throughout this season, he is playing he is playing some really good football. The He's problem one of the, is one of the they don't, very few people on defense. They're not getting football. enough protection at the defensive line. They're making they're all not. of their tackles five mm-hmm. yards behind the line of scrimmage, which is yep. great for their stats. And they they're they're good at diagnosing plays and stuff. They just have to run through a bunch of traffic to make those plays usually. Yeah, and Bobby Wagner is not the same physical guy that he used to be. He mm-hmm. sometimes gets washed out, you know, and it's not his fault. The, the defense needs to be able to create openings for Bobby to, to fill. And he's just having to fight through a bunch of stuff before he so, makes, makes tackles. Um, Bobby Wagner leads the NFL with 128 combined tackles. Um, Jordan Brooks is fifth. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah. The two guys, I mean, both of those guys are playing really well. Um, and I I don't think that Jordan Brooks is getting the credit, um, for being as good as he's been, uh, this year. Uh, but they're not getting any help. I got to tell you, the, the the player that's probably the most disappointing on the defense to me has been Carlos Dunlap. He, I mean, Kerry um, Hyder. Yeah, I mean, like, he, what what has he done? Like last year was great. Yeah, Kerry you know, Hyder had like five sacks in the last six games for the 49ers. True, too, but he wasn't. Year. He was never a dominant player up front. He was never a guy that. Um, required a double team or any of that stuff he was a guy that was playing because of injury Mm -hmm. and other people were disruptive Mm -hmm. and he was cleaning up at when a quarterback was running for their life and that kind of stuff and he was and 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 that's who carrie Hyder is he's right he's not super disruptive he even hasn't done that very well there hasn't hasn't been that much for him to clean up i think our defensive ends are solid defensive ends but they need that protection of double team well, and yeah, Carlos in the in the middle. And Carlos and Dunlap was that. Carlos Dunlap was was the guy who last year commanded a double team and made everyone else better. And this year he's got I think he's got one sack, uh, like nine tackles, and just has not been productive in any way. He just has he's just taking up space and not even doing a great job of eating blocks. Um, they're getting nothing out of him and he was a guy that was supposed to be key yeah. for this defense and you know you can hear it in pete carroll's comments that they want to get um daryl taylor and alton robinson more snaps because the two those two guys are at least playing hard mm-hmm. and daryl taylor has been super disruptive um alton robinson has been disruptive at times both of those guys have talent and they're young they're second year players uh, honestly, those two kids should be starting. Yeah, and I think three if, and your five tag. Yeah, and if you if you let D- Carlos Dunlap go, 
and you let Collier go and Rasheem Green's on a contract year, I think. Um, Green Green's played pretty well. I would played, watch. He's played okay. Yeah, I'd watch it. I'd watch his market and see if you can bring him back because he's yeah. a guy that he's young. He's played really well this year. He's um, one of the few defensive linemen that's um, been noteworthy, mm-hmm. and he's a guy that you could bring back. I think relatively cheap because he's been hurt for three years, and this is his one um, his one healthy season. And because he's part of a rotation with other guys, he's he doesn't have the stat line. So I think you can bring him back for a relatively, um, yes. a relatively cheap contract, maybe two million a year, two and a half. And I would do that because he's a nice rotational piece. But you know, Carrie you're undervaluing him just a little bit there. I think may, it's probably and, closer and, to four or five, but maybe. And and I would be okay with that too. But like I said, I just watch what his market becomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I would I would bring him back, but I'd bring him back before I'd bring back Kerry Hyder. I'd bring him back before I'd bring back Carlos Dunlap at this yeah. point. Well, because Dunlap, Carlos Dunlap is under contract, but we could save, I think it's three million dollars. It mm-hmm. it'd be a it'd be a uh, like a five million dollar dead cap hit but we'd overall save $3 million and he wouldn't take up a spot. But you could also, um, you could also save that five million or the, the 3 million, some of that cap hit by trading him instead of releasing. Yeah. I don't think that he's got any value right now. Not after this year. You don't think that he's washed given his history and given the fact that he was good a year ago, that, um, a team looking to make a run, um, like maybe like the Browns that that are looking for you know a veteran leader or the the Bengals oh gosh, that are trying maybe to put somebody stuff together. might give you a conditional seventh round pick for him or something. Or yeah, give give me a sixth Out round pick and just take him. Yeah. Just give me give me a sixth round pick and you. In can fact, him. you would save uh, I think five and a half or six million dollars. Yeah. If we traded and, him after June first. And it, how okay five and a half six million dollars or even trade him with the June first designation because you can do that ahead of time. Um, but go ahead and, and and trade him with that June first designation. Get that fifth, sixth or seventh round pick, fine, um, and use that five and a half million dollars to bring back Rasheem Green because he's been the better player. Yeah, yeah, and we've got you know fifty six million dollars, which translates into probably forty five million dollars of real cap um, mm-hmm. to spend next year. We could probably generate a few more dollars here and there. Um, and I'd have we'd have I'd have to go study the over the cap stuff and just kind of figure it out. But it's um it seems bleak to me. Like there's a bleakness when we when we talk and we talk about all these players and retaining you know this and that and um it it just seems like there's a lot of holes, a lot of aging players, yep. a lot of players that are mediocre. Or, or entering a mediocre phase of their careers, such as Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner's a great player, has been a great player, but at some point he's going to wear down after all those tackles. And he's entering that phase where he's not going to be worth 20. He's probably no. going to be worth closer to 12. You need to get that alignment. I'm fine with that. If we can and go can... another two or three years with Bobby Wagner, leadership-wise on the team, at it's that number, it. that would yeah. be great. And then you've got Jordan Brooks and then you can build around that a little bit. Yeah. Because if you have it, you can have a guy not be who Bobby Wagner was when he was, you know, just the best linebacker in all of football, 
um, you can have a diminished version of him with mm-hmm. his leadership skills and that kind of stuff if you've got a Jordan Brooks beside him. Yes. And the way that Jordan Brooks has evolved and become that guy beside him, I I'm okay with having a, especially a diminished if you, Bobby Wagner. If you especially you can mitigate that too if you invest in your defensive line. Yeah. But they need to do that. Uh, honestly, uh, uh, at defensive tackle, you've got one player. Yeah. You, get, you have one player at defensive Brian tackle. Brian Monet you got, is, you know, okay, but again, he's okay. He's, he's a, not. He's a rotation level player in the NFL. There's he's a, a, literally 30 of these guys yeah. out there. He's right? not a, he's not a guy you build He's not around. a special guy. In, no. in fact, I would argue that Puna Ford is, just needs help. It's like, he alone is not a good enough player. But no. when you pair him with a really nice player or a Pro Bowl level three tech, mm-hmm. Buna Ford all of a sudden becomes a really nice player because he's not having to take up so many double teams. Yeah. You well, know? and part of part of it is that when you've got Brian Monet, who's 360 pounds, and you've got Al Woods, who's 340 pounds, why are you playing Puna Ford at nose tackle? That seems backwards. Boom. I, I get that he, that's where he's been. That's where he's comfortable. He's actually really a really good nose tackle. But he has the talent to be super disruptive at three tech. And let one of the one of the fat guys be your um your your nose tackle and turn Puna Ford loose. And they haven't done that. It's one of many things I have a problem with with this defense. And it comes mm-hmm. down to coaching. We talked at the top about, you know, um of all the different things, if Pete Carroll's gonna come back, what does he have to do? He has to he has to bring in a completely different defensive philosophy. Is the defense the problem? Or should we have a new look at a new offensive coordinator again? No, you have to you need a you need an offensive line that's capable. I agree. You need I think it's a personnel situation, not a scheme situation. And well, the thing is it might be a scheme situation. We just don't know. How do you possibly evaluate that if you don't have an offensive line that can block. I agree. And you've okay, got a, so, you've got a so quarterback end... that's entirely skittish because, and I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Russell Wilson is playing poorly. I'm not trying to argue otherwise, but he's playing poorly because he's so skittish. He's essentially broken at this point because of uh, how bad the offensive line has been. And if they don't fix the offensive line and get him a chance to be comfortable where he can stop watching the pass rush and start looking downfield again, he's never going to be the same. They have to give him an offensive line. He, they've got to give him blocking. And until they do, he won't be Russell Wilson again because he doesn't well, have the athleticism. They, they've got to start there. I mean, this has got to be the number one, number two, and number three issue that they address mm-hmm. in the offseason is the offensive line, and literally so. They need a left tackle, they need a center, and they need a right tackle at a, yep. at minimum. Plus depth um and they need and they need a and they need a, a defensive tackle and they need a yes. starting cornerback and they need to re, yeah redo their entire defensive backfield to me right i mean they might I mean, there might be trey brown but now we can't count on trey brown being back on time yeah if because you like dj reed that's fine you like dj reed i think he's just okay he's not I think great he's great as a number two but he's he, as your best corner you're in trouble. Absolutely. There's just too many athletic, fast wide receivers in the NFL. Just there just is. Yeah. And just watching guys like, like Debo Samuel, Mm -hmm. um, it just truck him. You know, truck him. 
Well, yeah. I mean, they're just, it, there's so many guys like that in the NFL at, at receiver right now. You can't have uh, Reed a five, nine, your, 190 pound primary weapon in your yeah. backfield to he, take care he, of those guys. They just, he can't be your best. He, he, he personally can't be your best corner because he's not good enough to be your best corner. Cause that means what that means is that you don't have an elite corner. You don't have a great corner. He's a good corner. He's a guy that you can have as your second down or so your second yeah. guy on the or outside. third option or and whatever. he mo moves inside in the nickel and you bring in, you know, another guy, but he yeah. is not a, yes. he is not a pro bowl shut down corner. So, so having said that, Keith, and knowing Trey Brown's coming back from a patella, what do you do? What's your strategy? I don't want to take up too much time. We're going long. That's fine. Going, I knew this was going to be long anyway, but what's well, your strategy on the this defensive for, backs? On the defensive backs, I'm looking at, at a, a the complete problem, rebuild. Well, the problem is with, with Seattle is that because of the way that they run and their, their scheme and, and the way that they um, use a, that kick step technique, which I know we've talked about in the past, it's, it's just an entirely weird thing that, that Seattle requires that's more old school. Um, and, and that, and, and it's just not taught. It's actually really technical. Um, and it's very, it's a really hard skill to learn, but when you have it, it's really nice. Um, and because nobody else teaches it, no one else requires it because it's just too hard. Is what basically what other teams have decided um, over the years. Nothing like if you don't have it, you're not going to be able to work in this defense because the Seahawks require it. And every time they've gone and gotten someone from another team, right? No one has come in from another team and done well. You know, Kerry Williams bottomed mm -hmm. out and 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 got jettisoned. Um, we thought that you know, this year, um, Witherspoon would be the guy because he was at least coming from a similar system. So we knew it, but even he refused to buy in to the kickstep stuff because it's new and it's uncomfortable and whatever you, if you're going to run that scheme, you need, you need rookies. You have to draft and train. And that's really what it comes down to. And Trey Brown bought in and he looked good. And DJ Reed wasn't a rookie because he had been in San Francisco, but he was but he was hungry. <laughs> he was a guy fighting for his career because right. he was about to be out of the NFL. Um, and so he bought in and it worked. And um honestly, same with with Sidney Jones, is he's a guy who, if the Seahawks hadn't picked him up out of Jacksonville, he was probably done in the NFL. And so you know, he was in a situation where he could buy in and do okay. He's not very good, but he's done okay. Um, you've got to go out and draft and develop. If you're going to continue to run the defensive scheme as uh, they want to run it, you have to draft and develop. And you can't just expect to go sign a guy. It's just not that simple. Sounds like we've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. <laughs> Both on this show and as a franchise. Yep. Um, all right. I think that's enough for today. I mean, Let's... we're going to have to take this into chunks now and kind of slowly digest the idea even that mm -hmm. we are a bad team. And A, I think it's, it, and B, it's going to make our jobs a little bit more interesting 
even though it's hard because we're going to start talking about things that we haven't had to talk about yet mm -hmm. um, on this show. And um, some of those things I think we're pretty good at, um, particularly as it comes towards the draft and, and rebuilding and all that kind of stuff. We it'll are be, pretty good at that. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun as time goes on. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Good. Find Keith at Myers NFL. I'm at NW Seahawks. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com is your source for all of it. You can find us on your favorite podcast app and YouTube and subscribe on those. Um, and that would be great. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks Playbook podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.